0: Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. this is paul paul i need to be absolutely up front about something tonight Uh, i mean how do you start the show this way well you know first of all welcome to another very exciting episode of star trek with aaron and polly and second of all paul i really need to be up front with you about something
1: Hmm. have you not seen this week's episode of star trek discovery
0: No, no, that's not it at all. I just I feel like it is important before we embark on this journey uh, that. Uh, what what is that? What is what? Hold on. Something's uh, <laughs> something's playing music. <laughs> and I don't know what that is. It's in my headphones. I, what is that? Can you hear that?
1: No, is this uh, do you have uh, like one of those? worms in your ear from wrath of Khan?
0: i think maybe it's something on one of oh i bet it's this it's auto videoing something (laughs) on on the browsers i'm just gonna close that there we go it was on the on the 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 link you sent me earlier should we start over (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) that was a little
0: weird i thought you were doing something like wow paul's piped in sound effects that's awesome (laughs) Ah.
1: no 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 i did not
0: Hi, I'm Aaron. <laughs> this is Paul Paul. first of all, uh welcome to a very exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly mm-hmm. and second of all, I need to be absolutely up front with you paul <laughs> okay this is you know this never ends well for me. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, number one, there's a certain amount of trust between the two of us after having, you know, done this pod thing together for, for now, more than eight years. Conversations that start that way definitely don't end well for me. <laughs> I just think you should know I've had a sinus infection all week, and I am currently operating under the influences of cough syrup with codeine. So I just I just I'm, I'm not authorized to manipulate heavy equipment at this time. Uh, <coughs> you're going to hear some of that in this show. Uh, so I just want I wanted to I wanted to be upfront with you, Paul, as we embark on this journey. Hmm. So are you dying? Like, is that what's going to happen? It could be. You never know. It could be one of those terminal si- uh, sinus infections. I mean, I've
1: heard of those things.
0: I tell you what, you know, I, I went to the doctor this week and I've, I've had this like weird tickle in my ear. And uh, I mean, it, it, it went from feeling like, wow, I wonder if I'm getting an ear infection, too. Is there something in there? And, you know, he was he, when, when I went to see him, I said, hey, I need you to check this ear, my left ear. I feel like there's 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 something in there. I just need you to confirm that there's not a creature or something trying to claw its way out of my ear. And, uh, you know, he, all he does is he does this little casual glance, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, no, no, get back there and take a good look. I want you looking around the corners there. I want to make sure there's not <laughs> some could sort be of— hiding. That's right. I, I want to make sure there's not some sort of seti-alpha eel about to, you know, come uh, ripping out of my brain. So—but uh, he confirmed that there's nothing in there. It's just, uh, you know, a sinus infection. So, mm. anyway, mm. it's pretty terrible.
1: Well, I am sorry pretty to ter- hear that— uh... That you're you're under the weather, Aaron.
0: I'm illin, Paul. I'm illin.
1: You're illin. Are you are you illin like a villain? Like a villain,
0: huh? like a villain.
1: Well, you know, I have just the remedy for you. What might that be, Paul? Well, you know, it was. Uh, I- and I, I shouldn't say announced. Maybe it was announced. I don't know. I don't know how the hell came, it came up. But there's a new movie coming out featuring a bunch of your favorite Star Trek actors like Michael Dorn, Jeffrey Combs, Robert Picardo, Nichelle Nichols, John Billings, and Visitor, Marina Sirtis, Dina Mayer. Uh, I mean, just a, a ridiculous... I mean, I could keep going down this list, but I would just say go to IMDb and look up Unbelievable, with about five exclamation (laughs) points. Unbelievable! With many exclamation exclamation points behind it.
0: Now, Paul, you know, there are something like 40-plus Star Trek actors in the science fiction parody film Unbelievable! Three and a half million uh, estimated budget, too. Yeah. And uh, you know who else got cast in that movie this week? Who? Snoop Dogg. What? Snoop Dogg is going to be sharing a screen with Michelle Nichols. And
1: Gilbert Gottfried.
0: And Gilbert Gottfried. And a a puppet. <laughs> By the it name is,
1: of Captain Kirk Stillwood.
0: Yeah, Captain Kirk Stillwood, a little marionette. Uh, you know, Paul, you and I watched this, this trailer right before we started recording. And, and I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say, this looks terrible. This looks terrible. Terrible. And I, I'm looking well, around. Used a and, lot less saying,
1: profanity than I would have used to describe yeah. <laughs> this trailer. But yes, yes, I would agree with your assessment.
0: It uh it looks like the same joke over and over again. It uh the I mean just a whole lot of the puppet falling down. And uh I, I, I'm looking around at the all these actors that you know you we love, right? And and I'm like, Tuvok, I expected so much more of you. You know, I don't expect a lot from Chase Masterson. I expect a great deal from Tuvok. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: well, I'm just. Apparently,
0: you expect too much. Yeah, but clearly, clearly, you know, I found this because I was doing a a, a name search. Uh, to I was looking for Nana Visitor uh, because there the. Uh, Did touring... you
1: Google Nana Visitor nude photos? Is that what was happening? <laughs>
0: I did not. I, I Googled Nana Visitor because they're, the touring company of Chicago is here in, in DFW well, sometime in the next month. And the ad they keep running on TV, I'm like, God damn, that looks like Nana Visitor. And I'm thinking, that can't be Nana Visitor because they, they wouldn't cast somebody of Nana Visitor's age to play that role. But you and I saw her a year or so ago, and she could probably still pull that off. So anyway, I was Googling to see who it was. It wasn't her, but that got me going, well, I wonder what Nana's up to. She's up to unbelievable, Paul. She's in unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm, yeah. Mm, unbelievable. Mm, 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 mm. Something like 5 exclamation points. Yes. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean the, the I mean legitimately the movie it looks absolutely atrocious. And um, not done filming. I mean they've they they have a full length trailer out and movie's not done.
1: I mean it looks like the trailer for Evil Bong 8. I'm just putting uh-huh. that out there. I mean it it is that
0: quality. Yeah, it's super bad. I mean, yeah. it,
1: it is, but uh, not as expo- good as
0: super bad. It, right. It's actually it just super space bad. Right. Yeah, exponentially bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Whew. So bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. I I, I think I'm going to have to see it. That's that's the horrible <laughs> yeah, thing. About it. I think I, I'm going to have to see it.
1: I got to tell you, I'm not signing up for that one.
0: I think you're gonna, and I think you're going to do a commentary track with me, and uh, fudge. <laughs> But you know, Paul, as horrible as that sounds, uh, you know, at least there are good things in the world, Paul. Are there? Like, for like, for instance, the new Star Trek Discovery sp- uh, spinoff comic, uh, telling us about you know, j- telling us all about the early days of Mirror Universe, Georgiou.
1: Yes, there is a. So apparently, what IDW is going to do, rather than a. Um, you know a, a, a an ongoing comic series they're going to do a series of mini series so when the light of kales uh, ends um, they will be releasing a new series um, called star trek discovery succession
0: now i know that you're out on uh light of kales um you know you 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 told me i could i could stick that comic where the sun doesn't shine i did um so when they move over to this one, when they move over to Star Trek Discovery's, uh, what is it, Succession? Is that right?
1: Succession, yes.
0: Succession. Um, are, will you join me on that one, Paul?
1: I'll join you on the first issue. <laughs> I, I, make, looks, I make no commitment. It looks kind of cool. It does, and I like the idea, but at the same time, it's the same writing team. So
0: I just I don't have a lot of faith in it. Well, I you know, in all fairness— a lot of what we didn't like about Star Trek: Discovery was in that first half of the season, uh, featuring the Klingons with, you know, uh, Catherine Bayer, who uh, who wrote who writes for the show, right? She's one of the lead producers on the show. True. Um, you know, so you might like this because you like the back half of the season. It's possible. So, it's possible. Uh, you know. um, so the first issue comes out on April twenty fifth. I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Right before Free Comic Book Day. All right. Pretty exciting stuff. Now, Paul, um, are you a, a you know from before you and I met back in the the heyday in the dark of, days, <laughs> back when uh, Star Trek comics were published by DC and Marvel? Did did you read Did you read those back then? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I have read some Star
1: Trek comics, absolutely.
0: So, uh, one of the most you know prolific. Uh, Writers of Star Trek comics, other than let's say Peter David, Uh, but you know credited with like over seventy-eight issues of the DC Comics run of the Next Generation is Michael Jan Friedman. And uh, some of our listeners, if they don't recognize his name from the comics, they might recognize his name from I think something like twenty or thirty Star Trek novels that he wrote, or an episode of Voyager that he wrote. So you know he's he's rather prolific in the Star Trek. Print media, um, but uh, he is he is doing his own thing, kind of a a, a mashup of what he characterizes a mashup of Star Trek and Lost, hmm. and he's kickstarting it right now. And as we record, there are eight days left in that Kickstarter, uh, and there it is. I think it's at least a five issue series. Uh, telling the story of, uh, of, of of this universe, similar to Trek, but not Trek. And I will say that the artwork looks rather similar to Trek, but I also will say the artwork Trek. looks, you know, but not Trek. But <laughs> I would also say the artwork looks pretty hot. Uh, I, I, I I've checked out a, an article online about it, and I checked out the Kickstarter, and uh, the comic looks looks pretty sharp. Looks pretty sharp. I might have to get in on that.
1: Now, as we record this, it is at. Uh, it is only at 60% of its goal. 6000 of a $10,000 goal.
0: Yeah, and that, that seems a little distressing that this far in they haven't hit their goal yet. But you um, know,
1: it's the last couple of days where everything really, you know, fits sure. into high gear, so...
0: I'm just used to all those uh, uh, Pinnacle Savage Worlds Kickstarters where they meet their goal in the, in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, one of the things I, it, like I said, it looks pretty cool, and one of the goals, uh, it's one of the the upper goals, is that it's like six hundred and fifty dollars, I think, where uh, he will give you uh, all seventy eight of his uh, comics that he wrote for DC Comics, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, all signed, uh, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I. I, got, I have really kind of gotten out of collecting print media, but that might be kind of hot. That might be kind of worth it, you know, to commit another long box, <laughs> you know. But uh, that, that looks pretty cool. looks pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 I, mean, I, I will – I do have one complaint though. I, I, I think everybody should have to go to some kind of class before they issue their Kickstarter video. Because how many Kickstarter videos don't actually tell you much about the the Kickstarter, and those drive me crazy.
1: Oh yeah, all the time.
0: Yeah, and that's what his does. He just kind of talks about where he's at in his head as he's writing it, but it doesn't actually tell you about the campaign. And that's what I really want to hear about, it. and I want to see things. You know, want to see mock-ups, that kind of thing. So. Well,
1: and uh, you know the um, the Star Trek. Uh, uh, the the reward level, the pledge level, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. that you're referring to is actually only $300. See, I, you got
0: to jump in on that,
1: Paul. And there's only one left because <clears throat> one has already so, been purchased. One wow. of the two
0: you got to get in on that with me, Paul. We can share, right? We can share custody of the comics. I don't collect print media.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it specifically says I don't have access to e-versions of the Trek comics. I know, right? Has that that stuff been reprinted um, digitally, like by IDW or anybody?
0: IDW has done some of it. Uh, They've not done all of it. And that's that's sort of frustrating. What they what they've done is they've done little compilations of like the best of Peter David and and you know the best of Star Trek. Uh, there is none of the Marvel stuff out there. Like the Marvel stuff, um, I don't know if you remember when Marvel got it this Paramount Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. those were really good. Like they did the early voyages, which was the Captain Pike books and. Uh, uh, Starfleet Academy. There are some really interesting books in there, but no, they've not released any of that digitally.
1: Oh, that's a shame. I'm really looking forward to uh, them finally releasing the X Men Star Trek Next Generation crossover.
0: Yeah, well, y- absolutely. I, you might be joking, but absolutely, <laughs> I kind of am.
1: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know that stuff was um, it was fun. You know, it was fun. Yeah. It, it, it was it, for its time. It, it, it they they are not the greatest written comics and um but they are they're fun they're fun yeah
0: they stuff. are fun they are fun
1: and they had the, a deep space nine run uh from marvel comics that i actually kind of enjoyed mm-hmm. as well
0: yeah and there was a malibu run and some of that malibu stuff is is available digitally through idw hmm. which is weird i mean I, I they own the whole thing i don't know why they don't, just don't release all of it uh you know, they have the, the rights to print it. I shouldn't say they own it, but they've got the rights to print it. Uh, so I don't understand that. Yeah. There There is one uh, set of Star Trek comics that I would deeply love to see digitally. I own them in uh, collected hardback, uh, hardcover. Um, it is the um, newsprint, the news strips, you know. Oh, both yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they're they're gorgeous and they're fantastic stories and I just would really love to have them digitally uh, because the 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 way that they're available right now are in these oversized hardcovers and they're hard to read, you know meaning that you know they're big and clunky you can't just like you know hang out on the couch reading your book you almost have to lay it on a table you know to read it yeah and that, that you know that's really I only read my dictionaries that way. <laughs>
1: dictionaries who yeah who still owns dictionaries
0: well the one that i keep on the table paul oh, well, uh, you know you have to go in there and look for your word of the day yeah
1: yeah i mean if, if should anyone use a word that you're not familiar with you take your pad and pen out you write it down and you go home that's to right. the massive you look, dictionary and look, look it, it up
0: right that's right
1: you know what's cool yeah I'm, 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 I'm laughing about i'm laughing inside about my reference to the star trek x-men crossover but, you know, I Googled it up. And did you know, in addition to being written by Scott Lobdell, uh-huh. um, art was handled by Mark Silvestri, Billy Tan, David Finch, um, and a whole <laughs> bunch of other guys. I mean, that's pretty mur- significant.
0: It's a murderer's
1: row of artists.
0: Murderer's row. It is. it is. Look that up, Paul. Write it down. Look it up. <laughs> I <love> it. Hold <laughs> on. Let me break out the dictionary.
1: E- <laughs>
0: Excuse me. Uh Well, we've, 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 this is the codeine. Uh, (laughs) We've exhausted all of the
1: Star Trek news related topics that we care to talk about this week. We
0: we can't stall any longer, is where I was going. We have to talk about last week's
1: Discovery, Paul. The war without, the war within. Or is it the other way around? Uh, (laughs) Yes, no, I got it right the first time. And I'm not even on
0: codeine. I'm all hopped up on the codeine, Paul. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, I, when I was thinking about this episode and, you know, kind of you know, putting my thoughts together about uh, how we would talk about this today, you know, it's a bridging episode. It's the episode that bridges you from the story that we were in, Mirror Universe, yeah. to the story that we're going to be in, The Klingon War. Yes. Um stuff happens but it's not it's all so this is a very
1: um like you said it's a transitional episode however it's also a very character focused episode right there there is no there is no large action action sequence to speak of is there any action to speak of there really isn't it's all talky right yeah it's all talky and it's all just emotional beats and and set up for the season finale next week
0: and I don't I, – I I do not say any of this as a slight against the show. It just feels like we're talk, talking about the preamble to what's really going to happen next time around, right? But, you know, we do have some things that happen in this show. For instance, Georgiou meets the captain of the – the current captain of the Discovery, Captain Saru, you know – Captain Saru is a Kelpian and she was having Kelpian for dinner not too long ago back on her ship. And so, you know, I think a a wiser person, a more sensitive, delicate person perhaps, <laughs> might have uh, kept that knowledge to themselves. Instead, she's like, you know, "Hey, I dined on the guts of your brethren last night for dinner." That was smooth. Smooth. <laughs> 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 and of course, you know, Saru takes that in stride.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was like, eh, no biggie.
0: Yeah, I'd eat me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm tasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, he... he, it, It's a very, you know, it's a brief moment, but he does, uh, you know, ask uh, Michael Burnham about it, and, you know, she says, I just tried to... Sp- I was trying to spare
0: you, so... And he didn't seem, you know, I, I it felt like that was going to be one of those th- moments that he was going to, you know, really take umbrage at right and you know he he was like oh i get it yeah and and like let it go let
1: well it go. you know it's funny because i will say one thing about this episode is that it is after every episode coming out of the break um being like a heavy hitter right. uh this episode further cemented my opinion that really the last episode should have been the season finale Um, I I, for me it was very you know the fact that this episode really not much happened again. Yeah, from an action standpoint,
0: I I will say that you know strictly from a viewer's perspective, it felt like they wrote past their ending. Right. I mean, it just it just felt like what the hell are you doing? Your ending was back there. Yeah. You know. Um, So, no, I I, I don't disagree. I'm really curious as to what's going to happen in the next episode. You know, we we see a lot of things happen in this episode. So uh, we see (laughs) because everyone's an idiot on Discovery, uh, we don't throw ash in the brig. We uh, put a little, you know, wristband on him. the twenty. uh, third-century version of the uh, ankle bracelet yeah. when you're on house arrest, and they tell him he's got limited access to the ship. But it's okay. We're going to let the guy who is Klingon roam around the ship because, you who know, we think that...
1: murdered someone. Yeah. And I'm aware yeah. that he wasn't his, in his right mind. And,
0: oh, no, uh, no. Saru... He was. He was in his right mind when he killed Saru. He was Vok. That is his right mind.
1: Fair. He is not in okay. his right mind now.
0: Correct. And that's my problem, is that... Just no matter what icing you put on this cake, it's still a Klingon blood pudding pie cake. I mean, there is he is a hundred percent Klingon under the skin, even though scans don't show that he has been twisted to to appear to be human, but he is at his core klingon and you can't tell me that whatever you know marionette manipulation laurel did to him uh took away all of his humanness for all time and i say you can't tell me that because there's no science that they have provided yet to demonstrate that that's true
1: yeah it was very um i mean he's just sitting there in the cafeteria just eating food and well, and here's the, and so i i have i i take umbrage with the cafeteria scene uh-huh So Tyler walks in and everyone stops talking and, you know, in, in obviously the very generic sequence and then, um, Captain Killy, what's her name? Tilly. 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 uh, Cadet Tilly. Cadet Tilly walks over and sits with him because she feels bad for him. And because she does it, like the entire cafeteria comes over, like it's no big thing and starts chatting and laughing. I'm like, he is a fucking murderer.
0: (laughs) So it is painted almost like junior high, right? Where, yeah. you know, the, the unpopular kid's sitting at the table, and no one's going to sit next to him. And so, you know, Tilly does the thing that we learned in all those after school specials. You go over and you be a friend to the outsider. But in this case, the outsider is a cold blooded murderer. And I'm sorry, I, I, I feel bad that there is an Ash Tyler persona painted on top of the cold-blooded murderer. But at the end of the day, he is still a cold-blooded murderer. They have not demonstrated that it's his actual psyche from the actual Ash Tyler, and that Ash Tyler has won over. This was something that was created. It's a mask. And so I'm, I'm really concerned about this and concerned at the stupidity demonstrated by Saru and others on the ship who've allowed this to happen. Um, But I will say something that I find very disturbing is that Tilly goes over and sits at his table and then Detmer comes over. Right. And one of the weird things is that this is the first time Detmer didn't seem creepy as fuck, you know, (laughs) because she I mean, she would startle the hell out of me if I ran into her in a dark in one of those dark hallways on Discovery. You know, don't leave me here with Detmer. Detmer's going to kill me. You know, I mean, she's just bad news in my opinion, but she seemed like a normal person Then it was kind of from a normal moment. But what I found really weird is that Tilly, who is a cadet, demonstrated moral authority there on the in, in the uh, uh, in the in the in the cafeteria. Right. In the in the, in the mess hall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everybody followed the cadets lead. And all that can, it continues to submit for me that it's a ship of fucking sheep. <laughs> Which is why it's appropriate that Saru is the captain. Yeah, the only competent people on that ship, you know, we, though we've seen some some varying degrees of competency from Saru over the last couple of episodes, I don't want to take that away from him. But the only competent people on that ship are Stamets, Burnham, and and formerly Lorca. And and let's be and honest. and I guess you could say Ash Tyler. Yeah, he yeah. was very effective at killing Culber. <laughs> he was. And let's be honest, I'm saying
1: Burnham is is. You know, is is competent is really kind of a stretch.
0: No, it really is. I it mean, really she is. made
1: some pretty goddamn poor decisions. She
0: started a war, Aaron. <laughs> you know, I I don't think that's fair. That, I don't think that's a fair choice to say. I don't think it's fair to say that she started a war. I think that the war was on regardless of what they were doing. I think that when she went over to uh, the Ship of the Dead with Georgiou, that was the deciding factor. I think it was George who was responsible for starting the war. And yeah, I'm blaming the victim. She got she she got killed on that on that mission. That's and yeah, is. you you could say that you know Burnham's got some responsibility because she, she shot Takuvma, but I think that was going to happen anyway. Not that Takuvma was going to get shot, but I think the war would have happened anyway Fair. because that was Tuk- what Takuvma was driving for. So, you know, the fact that Giorgio did not do what Burnham recommended beforehand, which was to shoot those fuckers before they had an opportunity to shoot. Uh, you know, I, I think that 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 Georgiou did not act on the best advice. What and I, find I understand interesting that' it is was,
1: how many f bombs we've dropped since talking since starting the conversation <laughs> about this episode.
0: Yeah, and you know, I didn't dislike this episode. I just feel like this this episode was a strange way to bridge the mirror stories to, uh, back to the Klingon war. Um,
1: I mean, to be but, fair, you know, it was a weaker episode. It was a weaker episode was. than previous episodes,
0: I but mean, I still doubt. liked it, but I still liked it better than the first half of the season. Yeah, I would say yeah. so. I would agree. So, you know, so here's uh, you know, cadet Tilly, you know, she is the moral authority down there in the mess hall. She is a cadet again. Um, so what else happened on this episode? Oh yeah, Georgiou uh, mirrors Georgiou uh, strikes a deal with uh, Sarek, and essentially mm-hmm. this deal the deal is this: I will help you. Oh by the way, there's a, there's a whole plot that we've got to go to Kronos. We have to go to Kronos, the Klingon homeworld, because <clears throat> the only way we can defeat the Klingons is to beat them at their home and put their home in jeopardy. Because you can't if, if you're beating them in these battles because they're not unified. Uh, you'll just be fighting house against house, that kind of thing. Uh, so you've got to find a way to to beat them in unity, and you, to do that, you've got to go to Kronos. And the problem with getting to Kronos is that they, you know, they don't have spores, right? Because we used all of our spores getting back from the mirror universe, and you know, uh, you don't have spores to jump there. And then, you know, we've never been to Kronos in this universe before. Uh-huh. We don't know anything about, you know, their deployments, their 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 defenses, any of that kind of stuff. So we put together this whole plan. First, we're going to grow some spores, and I suspect, Paul, that highly unstable Genesis technology was used to generate these spores on that moon. I think that's the only way that it explains they're using proto matter, Paul. Proto matter, and proto matter has been been been, uh, you know. No reputable scientist will use proto matter in the research, Paul. I think that there is a Carol or David Marcus afoot here. Mm. That's what I think, because clearly proto matter a afoot. Otherwise, how can you explain the uh, the growth, the rapid growth of these mycelial spores, the fungals, you know, down there on this moon? How can you explain it, Paul? I mean, what are you going to say? Well it served the story. Is that what you're going to (laughs) tell? I'm I'm going to tell you that
1: because (laughs) quite frankly, if it was that damn easy, like why didn't this happen already? You know, it just, it was like, well, uh, I mean, they were all worried about being stuck in the other universe because they would have had to use all their spores. Well, or, or you could have just done this, (laughs) you know, like you didn't have to ride the explosive wave and risk life and limb to get back home. No, no, no. You you could have done this instead. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. not not the strongest episode. Uh, no. really
0: not. No. no, particularly now that I talk about it. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so we've solved that problem. We can spore our way to uh, to Kronos, but we still have the problem that we don't know anything about Kronos. So we're gonna we, we we'll pop into, into the uh, Kronos orbit and get shot down as we're trying to figure out a battle plan, right? Well, there's somebody on the ship who has been to Kronos, and that is Captain Georgiou. Miriam universe Ma- Georgiou. That's right. And she is all about helping, but she wants to make a deal first. And that deal is that she plans on being the new captain of Discovery.
1: But just for this mission, you think? You
0: think? I would suppose, yeah. right? I mean, but yeah, she, she is going to ride the center seat and take us to Kronos. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny
1: because ultimately, you know, that they and the whole the way they get around the mirror universe concept, um, you know, and and visiting the mirror universe much earlier than any other series in theory had um, is by saying, well, we can't tell anyone about this. So, you know, so only a select few know that the Georgiou is mirror universe Georgiou. Otherwise, they basically use the exact same lie that they used uh, in the mirror universe with Michael Burnham and Lorca. Like, no, no, this is the this is your Lorca, this is your Burnham. You know, this, it 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 it, it kind of it's funny. It mirrors the exact same lie that was used against the mirror universe. They're using it against the Discovery crew uh, right. in efforts for this mission. And uh, to your point um, earlier about. Um, serving the story i don't know if that's lazy writing or if it was supposed to to be a reference to that starfleet is willing to take those drastic measures in their hands maybe a bit of both yeah
0: yeah so I don't know. I, you know, I, like I said, I enjoyed this episode more than I did the first half of the season, but, uh, it is the, the weakest of the episodes since we have returned. Yeah.
1: I'm hopeful for a strong season finale. So next week is the season finale.
0: It's the big ender, Paul. It's the big ender.
1: Yes. So I, I'm, 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 you know, we will, we will be chatting about that.
0: Oh, Paul, what? I you know, I, I, I forgot to mention this. Um, did you notice they, there's a big huge scene between Ash and Michael Burnham? Oh,
1: right. Yes. They're very he, emotional sequence.
0: And you know, you know, Michael Burnham is essentially going, look, you know, you seem like a really nice, you know, cold-blooded murderer, but uh, you know, I can't get over the fact that you had your your hands around my throat, right? Yeah. I remember looking in your eyes and they were your eyes, not Vox's eyes, they were your eyes uh you know that were that were that were strong they were they were choking me out. And while Ash is, is saying, hey, that wasn't me. That was that other guy, you know, yeah. um uh yeah. he sounded an awful lot to me like Ray Romano <laughs> from uh from Everybody Loves Raymond. And I mean I just I mean couldn't... very strong.
1: I, I I can't disagree here. Not only did he I, sound he looked like yes it, it, Michael Burnham or um you know the actress who plays Michael Burnham green yes, know. basically did a scene with uh time travel clearly exists because they were able to get <laughs> young Ray Romano yeah to play that scene
0: yeah yeah it was uh it was something it was something I'm sorry I didn't mean to take us all the way back there but I just I couldn't unhear it and the, the minute that I started thinking about it I was just like I just heard that that whiny voice that uh, <laughs> Ray Romano has oh dear oh yeah. Dear.
1: And if it hasn't hit you, go back and rewatch that sequence. You'll see, and then you won't <laughs> be able to unsee it. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I want to um, I want to say something, uh, even though it's not Star Trek related directly. Um, but we are recording this uh, this episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly on February eighth, two thousand eighteen. Which is the fiftieth anniversary of the original premiere of *Planet of the Apes*? Oh. Um, it was released in the United States in April, but it was released overseas in the UK uh, on February eighth, nineteen sixty-eight. So fifty years ago today, *Planet of the Apes* was was released to the world. And yes, only very loosely does it have you know ties to Star Trek in in creative.
0: Um, well. There- there is that IDW, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek uh, crossover. There so is, there don't, is. Don't forget that.
1: But, you know, as as lovers of Star Trek, um, you know, our, our listeners are probably also lovers of the Planet of the Apes series. And if you're Absolutely. not, go fuck yourself. That's right.
0: Um, <laughs> you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. <laughs>
1: um, but seriously, you know, uh, very cool. And uh, so next week, the season finale of Star Trek Discovery uh, but not the season finale of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. We will continue recording in the off season with the, in, in, in fact,
0: what? on next week's episode, We're going to tell you, we're going to give you a little preview of what it is we're going to be talking about in the weeks and months to come on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly while uh, Discovery is in its summer hiatus. So uh, we we do have a plan. If you can believe it, Aaron and Polly have a plan.
1: Well, I was going to tell you guys, but like Aaron cut me off, so uh, I'm assuming <laughs> he doesn't want you to know. So you need to tune in next week to find out what we will be talking about in the off season. Well, the off season of Star Trek Discovery right here on Star, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And if you have ideas, if you have suggestions, if you have comments, feedback, love notes, stalker notes, we love the stalkers. Um, either hit us up at Ideology Madness on Twitter, IOM Geek on Facebook, at IOMGeek on Instagram, um, YouTube.com slash IOMGeek.com, IdeologyofMadness at gmail.com, or hit the Ideology of Madness hotline at...
0: That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. And hey, Paul, you know, they could go out and do us all a favor by going out to Apple Podcasts, Pulling down Star Trek with Aaron and Polly and giving us a five-star review. You can find us at at all your favorite places like Stitcher and Google Play, I think. Uh, We haven't hit Overcast yet with the new RSS feed, but it should be there any moment, we have been assured. Uh, So so go out there, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, five-star review. You'll win a special place in Star Trek with Aaron and Polly history.
1: Yeah, so that is a good point. So if you found this through our Funny Books with Aaron and Polly feed, you can um, also find this on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. uh, Just... Because we just, instead of mix instead of mixing our peanut butter and our chocolate, we are separating mm. our peanut butter and our chocolate. I mean, we're we're staying on both feeds for now. Um, if you've already subscribed on one, but you know, go ahead and subscribe to both.
0: Uh, yeah, ultimately, and, your Funny Books feed will be strictly your Funny Books feed. Your Star Trek uh, with Aaron and Polly feed will be just your Star Trek with Aaron and Polly feed. Uh, we will have a feed that combines everything, but you know, just want to make. We we have heard people say, "I just want my peanut butter and I just want my chocolate." So that's what we we're trying to accomplish for you dear listener
1: so make sure you subscribe and make sure you share this podcast and make sure you tune in next week same trek time same trek channel actually probably a different trek time but the same (laughs) trek channel right here on star trek with aaron and paulie
0: you know paul when we get to this part of the show when we're telling folks how to reach us and telling folks what to do it really feels like a PBS pledge drive, doesn't it? You know, hey, you know, it's because of viewers like you that we're able to bring you such quality programming here on iomgeek.com, but you got to get on them phones. You got you you got to you got to contribute your monies, right? And if you do, you'll win this lovely tote bag.
1: <laughs> now, we're not asking for your money yet.
0: Yet. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972 763 5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.